Welcome to Correct Culture. There are so many things going on in this world today that need to be talked about, whether it's political views, biblical views, um, things that are going on in society. It needs to be spoken about, and this is exactly what this podcast here is for. So thank you for tuning in and enjoy this episode of Correct Culture. What's going on, everybody? I am so grateful to be on this uh, podcast again with you guys for a third episode of Correct Culture. Thank you, everyone who has tuned in thus far. Um, and today we're just going to jump right into it and talk about racial culture. Yes, the dramatic pause was for a reason. Racial culture. And I know this might be a sensitive topic, um, but it's things that need to be talked about. And it's, it's culture that needs to be corrected because the way that the society would want you to, to view racial culture um, is very tense. It's very tense, whether it's speaking about how, you know, um, you know, Mexicans need to be imported back or Latina Americans need to be imported uh, or deported rather, sorry, back to Mexico or wherever they came from, or whether it's that every um, Indian person is, you know, Muslim and, and, and they are uh, terrorists. Like these are the things that the society that the United States that the nation that we live in has highlighted. It is it, so crazy to me that when you think of certain things, you put a race to that thought. And I'm going to explain that really, really quick here. So what I mean is this. What I mean is this. When you think of there was a drive by shooting. What's the first person that popped in your mind? Let's be honest. This is an experiment that I'm running through you guys because I want you guys to understand and see how society has shaped and formed your mind to look at race. All right, let's think about this. Um, there was a mass shooting at an elementary school. Who do you think did it? You see what I mean? It, there's an image that popped in your mind, right? A bomb went off. In Washington, D.C., who's the first person that pops in your mind? It's an issue that the people and the images that popped in your mind popped in your mind. Right. And that is the way that society has taught racial culture. They've taught it in a way of, hey, when you think of something, you think of someone, you think of a skin tone. You think of, oh, well, that must be this person. Or I ain't got to turn on the news and know who did that. I guarantee you it was a white man. Or I guarantee you it was a black man. Or whatever the case may be. Here's the thing. Evil doings in this world. Good doings in this world. Good deeds, evil deeds. Either one. They don't discriminate. Anger does not discriminate. Abortion does not does not discriminate. Killing, murdering does not discriminate. What I mean by that is that spirit itself, because that's what we're dealing with. It's a spirit, right? The spirit itself does not discriminate. If you were to take a log of of a jail, any jail, pick it at random and you were to pick out the murderers that are in that jail, in that prison. I guarantee you, you'll see all different races. 
Armed robbery, all different races. Burglary, all different races. All different races. Right? Drug deals, drug busts, all different races. And this is what I'm getting at here. They do not discriminate. The spirits that are within you that operate, uh, that you operate out of, though they do not discriminate. And here's the thing. I know that because God himself does not discriminate. It says here, 1 Samuel 16, verse 7, it says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. That's why when we say Black Lives Matter, and, and then a black person gets offended because they said Black Lives Matter, uh, or a black person gets offended because someone says white lives matter too. It's like, why are you getting offended? All lives matter. That black person's life matter that got shot by the police and the white person's the black, white person's life matter that just got shot by the police too. It's not only African-Americans that's dealing with police, police brutality. It's also white Americans that deal with police brutality. But what society will want you to see is what they highlight. What the media wants you to see is what they highlight. I'm telling you, yes, there's an issue with stereotypes. Yes, there's an issue with um, with, um, you know, uh, being uh, prejudiced. That there's issues with those things. It's issues with racism. But here's the thing. A black person can be just as racist as a white person and just as racist as a Latina and just as racist as an Indian. Native American. I say Indian because of, uh, you know, over in Middle East, they are considered Indian, right? That's what they're not. That's their. You get what I'm saying? Anywho, Asian, right? Any any there can be racism embedded in anybody because racism, the general aspect of what racism is, does not discriminate. What I mean by that is the spirit of racism does not discriminate. It, it, racism isn't just, oh, all white people are racist. No, black people can be racist. Asians can be racist. Latinas can be racist. Indians can be racist. Native Americans can be racist. Anyone can be racist because the heart and the intent of racism is to basically say that this race is less than. No race is less than. No race is less than. And we can see this in Romans 10. Verse 12, it says, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who come on him. The issue with society today and the way that they look at racial culture is that they're not looking at it through the lens of God's eyes. They're looking at it through the history of hurt that has happened to their race. A lot of black African-Americans, however you want to, you know, express a lot of us are still hurt by the slavery that we were in 400 years ago, 400 plus years ago. And honestly, it's not right. <laughs> it really isn't. Um, I, I just have to be honest with you guys. I I get a little irritated, a lot of irritated, actually, when um I see people operate in that mindset still when they're operating in 
Um, you know, this country was built on the black on the backs of black men and, and th they need to pay us back for all that they took from us. If you're in that mentality that something just needs to get handed to you, that's an issue. That's an issue because of what has happened years ago. Now, I'm not condoning it. That's one thing that I will never do. Condone any type of slavery, any type of racism. I will never, ever, ever condone it, period. But what I will say is that I will never wallow in it either. What's done is done. What's, what has happened has happened. I look at the encounters that I have with people every day for myself. Not for what other people went through. I look at my encounters for myself. And I honestly would say that that is one of the ways that we can start moving in a proper way of correct culture when it comes to our racial culture. Start looking at how people treat you rather than looking at the skin color of the person that is treating you that way. This person's mean and disgruntled. It's not because they're white. This person's mean and nasty. It's not because they're Asian. This person's mean. Like, no, we got to stop doing that. And until we stop doing that, we're always going to have an issue, unfortunately, in this portion of uh, our nation, which is the racial culture. Society will have you to believe. Society will have you to believe. That there is divisiveness within a people because of the skin color. The divisiveness really comes from an inward heart position. It comes from how you feel about a group of people and the fact that you don't know and a lack of knowledge of that person because you don't know what unifies you. When you look at school, when you look at a campus, when you look at a university, when you look at a let's even go to a football team. Let's look at an organization when a person or a group of people believe in the same thing or are looking and hitting towards the same direction. There's unity and that unity. There's a love for what they're going for. And it's unbreakable a lot of times because it doesn't matter if you're black or you're white. It doesn't matter if you're Asian or Hispanic. We're going to come together so that we can continue to do the thing that we love. Cosmetology school, barber school, right? Let's look at lawyers, doctors. They have the same idea in mind that they want to be able to service the people. So they're going to, with all they love, with all they have, they're going to put towards that. That is called unity. And when you find unity, you find a hilt nation, or you find a culture that is correct when it comes to racial culture. They're not pointing fingers and saying, oh, well, black people do it that way. So only black people can do that. No, I know some white barbers that have cut the mess out of a black man's hair. I know some black barbers that cut the mess out of a white man's hair like they will get them straight. They will have them sharp. I know some white woman that can twist locks better. My wife, she twists my locks and they look good. A lot of people that I have, a lot of my friends who are who are black, they go to her because they like the way that she twists locks. She's white. But that doesn't mean that you can't do something because you're black doesn't mean you can't do something. We have to break that notion. We have to stop treating people certain ways or saying that only people can treat other people a certain way because of the way that they look. No, that's racism. As small as it might look to you saying that, oh, only black people can sing that song. 
only black people can do that at that church. Only black preachers can preach to a uh, a black church. Only white preachers can be to preach to a white church. Only Latinas can preach to Latinas. That's not the way that it works, guys. That's not the way that it works. And if we continue to operate in that way, we're going to continue to have the racial division that we have and the racial tension that we have in the United States or in the world period today. We have to get past that. It's not based on how you look or what you look like as far as your skin tone. It's based on your heart and what you um, are unified on. And so I want to express and explain something that cannot be. You can't put a skin tone to it. You can't put an occupation to it. It is literally a being that is within us that ultimately unifies all of us. That's Holy Spirit. When we all agree on Holy Spirit and we all are unified through Holy Spirit, we think different, we act different, um, differently than what we currently are in our racial culture. When you look and you allow Holy Spirit to operate through you, there's a unity there. Everyone is on the same accord. You don't think a person is some way because of their skin tone. You just think that they are holy or they're righteous because God is righteous or God is holy. And that's the way that we're supposed to walk in. We're supposed to walk away from sin and walk towards righteousness. We're supposed to hunger and thirst for righteousness. So we shall be filled. When you look at the word of God and you and a body of people identify and unify to one specific aspect, which is the word of God. And they have a love so strong for the word of God. Nothing can get in the way of that. Not even any type of racial uh, tension or any type of racial um, slur, anything that could be racially driven, right, can break you apart. Racial culture is the way that we overcome it is by embracing one another and understanding that we all may look different, but we all serve the same God. We all may do things just a little bit different, and it doesn't mean that, oh, only we can do it, right? But we all serve the same God, right? That's where I got it. That's where we, there's, oh, there's just so many different things that I can unfold, right? Have you ever, and this is one thing I actually love to do, I love music, and it's crazy because sometimes I'll listen to a song, and I'll be like, yo, this person can sing, right? This person may have some soul in their voice. And I'd be like, oh, snap, this person got some soul. And I'm I'm interested to see what they look like. Because I'm like, okay, who's singing this? Who is singing this? There's been times in my past where I would be shocked to hear soul come out of a white person's mouth. But you know what? I started reforming and reshaping my mind to start understanding and, and knowing that soul has nothing to do with skin tone. It has everything to do with experience. And that's where I want to get to my next point. Experience does hold weight to the way that you act. Right. Experience holds weight to the weight that you act to the way that you act. So you that's how you can have, you know, Asian that's raised in a black community. That have mannerisms of a black man. They may talk like a black man. They may walk like a black man because they have been embodied in a community where that is what they see. Okay, but that goes to prove to my point, which is 
Skin tone has nothing to do with mannerisms. It doesn't. The way that you act has nothing to do with your skin tone. The way that you act has everything to do with what you have been taught. What you've learned, what you grew up on. So you can have a, a black person speak full on Spanish. Because they could have been raised in that community. You understand? And this is where we have to get at. We have to start stop taking people's skin tone and giving them actions based on their skin tone that they have not expressed. Look at a man's heart, as the Bible says. Look at the man's heart, like I said, as the Bible says. So we have to continue to make sure that we are moving the way that we want to move as a country, as a nation, when it comes to our racial culture. Here's another one. It says Colossians 3, 25. It says anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs. There is no favoritism. God doesn't see race. He doesn't see uh, ethnicity. He doesn't see any of that. He sees right from wrong. Righteous, unrighteous, light and dark. Here's another one. This is where we understand and, and, and can express because some people say racism is not a sin. No, it is definitely a sin. Not only is it a sin, it's also witchcraft. But uh, that's for another another lesson or another podcast rather. But um, here we go. It says James 2 verse 9. It says, but if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by law as transgressors. Did you hear that? Partiality is a sin. What does partiality mean? That means that I favor a group of people because of the way that they look or the way that they do things over another group of people. What's that called? Racism. It's called racism. It's called discrimination. It's a sin. It's a sin. And and James 2 verse 9, if you need reference, expresses it that is expresses that it's a sin. So how do we get about how do we how do we grow from this how do we get to a place where this is no longer an issue for for our our society for our nation we have to get under one mind and under one accord and the only way that they were able to do that of course was through god through holy spirit through believing the very thing that that kept them together that kept them together there's a few other scriptures i want to read to just help to to really hone in on how the Bible talks against racism and discrimination. First John three verses 15 through 16. That's first John, not John, but first John three, 15 through 16. It says anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. It didn't say the color of their brother and sister's skin tone. It said brothers and sisters. Now, how can you express that you're somebody else's brother or sister if you don't come from the same nationality or the same race? Because when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are now a part of the family and the body of Jesus Christ. Therefore, you have become a brother and a sister to one another. A brother or a sister to one another. You have now come into a family, which we all agree goes towards one thing, which is to honor and please God. And when we get to that point, racial culture will be corrected. But until then, 
we have to be able to identify incorrect racial culture. And here's some things. Racial culture will be incorrect if the person is treating somebody differently because of the way that they look. Racial racial culture is incorrect if a group of people only identify with themselves and nobody else can be included in what they identify with. Racial culture is incorrect if another race is considered dominant than yours and you want dominance over theirs or is inferior to yours and you don't want them to ever reach dominance in any way in their race. That's incorrect. Racial culture is incorrect if only a group of said people can identify with a said thing, music, rap, certain things like that, food. That's incorrect. Now, when you see incorrect things like this, how do you implement the correct culture? How do you implement the correct culture? What you do is you change the narrative. You create understanding and you create unity, right? So you meet somebody. You don't do things the same way that they did them, but it doesn't mean that, oh, that's because you're white. It might just mean they weren't grown up that way, right? I'm a country boy. I love riding horses. I grew up a rock's toss from a cow field. I used to tip cows. <laughs> I saw I used to get chased by bulls. I I loved the out love still love the outdoors. I love to hike. I love to find waterfalls. If I was to put what I love to do on paper, incorrect culture would identify me as a white man. That's where we have to get away from. We have to stop identifying people by what they do and expressing that what they do identifies them as a certain race. That's not what we should do. Look at the person's actions on what they do and understand that's just who they are. But it's not because of their race that they're that way. People may look at me and see that I'm a black man with dreads and say, oh, this dude must love rap. I don't listen to the rap of nowadays. I listen to Christian rap and I rarely listen to that. I love singer songwriter music. I love country music. That's just who I am and how I've always been. You can ask my mom, you can ask my dad, you can ask anyone. Right? It's crazy that even when I was growing up, I was called an Oreo because I didn't do the things that the black people did. So now I'm white on the inside and black on the outside. Why is it that the things that I chose to do identified me as being a different color than I am? That's incorrect culture. So what we have to do is stop doing that. Stop identifying people and their actions to a race, to a specific color of somebody's skin. Stop doing that because it's definitely hindering the progression towards a correct racial culture. Let's get to the point, guys, where we are able to identify people for who they are, not based on their skin tone, but based on what they do, their heart, what they love, their intentions behind things. That's what we notate. That's what we identify with. 
And that's how we're going to be able to move forward and correct culture. Guys, listen, I am so thankful for the time that you've given me. I pray that you uh, take all of this in once again and you allow it to marinate. Look, let's get out there and let's start doing what is right. Let's start correcting this racial culture from a societal point of view to a biblical point of view. Love you guys. Hey, look, till next time, be easy, have peace, and let's correct culture.